Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co. Well, this morning you're in for a treat. Um, we've got a, a guest here today, Jeff and Millicent. Golly, boy, shoo! There it went. Boom. I'm 56. It just happens. This is R- Richard, Allen's uh, brother-in-law and sister. So be praying for her especially. She's been putting up with Richard Allen for quite some time. She needs the grace of God. Would you say amen? <laughs> Bless her, Lord. Bless her. Bless her place in heaven. That's right. And uh, he's going to bring the word. I've talked to Jeff uh, many times, and he has been all over the country every time I talked to him. He started out in a pastorate, and it felt like the Lord called him into missions. And so he has been working with the church uh, all over the, our nation and the world to help raise up leaders in the church and, uh, and to plant churches. And so he has an incredible anointing to do that. He's been doing it for many years. And uh, he's going to bring what I asked him to do was bring the word of the Lord for Eastside Church that, that God would put on his heart, trusting and knowing by his, the testimony of those that love him uh, that he would be capable and willing to do that. And God's got an incredible word. I've already heard one. If it stays similar, it's going to be very, very good. <laughs> but we'll give him room to move. Why don't we give a big Eastside welcome to Jeff Collins as he comes and ministers to us. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, it is so good to be here. We already feel very much at home here, and that gets dangerous the more at home I feel. Uh, You want to hear some God stories? Um, There were at the start of this year, early February, I was preaching in a church in Plano, Texas. Yes, there is a Plano, Texas, and um, yeah, great church, River of Glory Church. And the pastor had given me strict instructions, you know, that I needed to land my message at a quarter till 12 so that we could be out by 12 because 12 o'clock is a holy hour in Texas. And um, I, I wasn't quite there. I was in the midst of this great God story in this uh, revival that we had in Mexico. And uh, it's a, just a cracking good story. And I was telling that story, and the Holy Spirit was uh, manifesting strongly on people. There was, you know, shake, bake, laugh, cry. There was a lot of things going on, but again, the clock was ticking. So I just said, all I could do is say, Holy Spirit, come with more of your power. When I said power... The light, sound, and power went out exactly when I said the word power. Then they began to see blue lights dancing all above and behind me. There's no blue lighting in the church. And the pastor came, Jeff, come quickly. So we run to the exit, 
And we do the fastest kind of like prayer blessing fire tunnel, you know. Bless, fill, more, Jesus, go, bye, see ya. <laughs> Bless, more, Jesus, touch, fill. We just, you know, got them out. And uh, then we started kind of smelling smoke. So that was really getting interesting. And there was a Jewish guy that had just recently got saved. It was his first time ever in a church service. And so he was out in the parking lot wanting to talk. He said, that was so cool. Does this happen every Sunday? <laughs> and, uh, and so then, you know, I go, it's a, their church is a former movie theater complex just south of the Collin Creek Mall, which is uh, the very south border of the city of Plano. My father lives there. My mom had passed a couple of years before, so I was going to take him to an In-N-Out Burger. We go do that, but as I'm pulling out of the parking lot, come to the traffic light at the mall, the traffic light is not working, and the Plano police are there, and I go, oh, man. <laughs> and uh, so after dropping my father off, I, I then start my drive down to Palestine, Texas, where we maintain a home which is about a two-and-a-half-hour drive, and about an hour, hour and a half into it, the pastor calls me, and he still kind of talks like a hippie. You know, he goes, Dude, you won't believe what happened. The power company came, and they said, We know from our instruments that there was an unexplainable power surge initiated from this building. At 11.57. <laughs> and the surge went out and popped the transformer outside the church. And when it happened, I had seen it before back in 95. I was doing a community revival service in a Seventh-day Adventist church with Methodist, Baptist, Charismatic, Pentecostal all together in the same room. There was a lot of nervous tension in that place. <laughs> and I was going to preach on the glory of God, and I just read Solomon's dedication words of the temple. God's glory is going to come like a thick cloud of darkness. And when I said the word darkness, <laughs> and to remove the nervous tension in 95, I went, Ah! I can't see my notes! <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, the pastor lit a candle, and so the only lighting in the place was a candle, and it was coming down the aisle. It was very spooky, just a candle, and he puts it on the communion table, this do in remembrance of me, and I, I don't know if there's a gift of mischief, but I still have some, so I put the candle up under my chin and went, good evening, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then preached in the dark, and when it was time to give the altar call, I thought, what is this collected group going to know? So I started, I told the guitar guy, Kia C, good old, I love you, Lord. And the moment he hits this chord, the light, sound, and power came back on. And what happened is when I read the word darkness, the transformer blew up outside in the church, and it took the entirety of my message for Texas Power and Light Company back then to replace that. And you can still get that cassette tape. God's glory is going to come with a thick cloud of darkness and then 
I love you, Lord. So now fast forward to this um, first part of February of this year. Uh, he said, the power company said that it blew up the transformer outside the church, which is the southern border of the church. And I found out two weeks ago when I was in the church again that that surge then surged back in the church and fried about $6,000 worth of their electrical box. I tried to apologize, not like I could do anything about it. But they said, no, it, Jeff, it was worth it for all the stories we have now. <laughs> but that surge went from the very south border of Plano up that particular power line, snap, cracking, and popping all the way to the north border of Plano on a rolling surge. And uh, I've just taken it as a sign and a wonder that God wants to rivet the attention of entire cities again with how great his power is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And it's a joy to be here. And Father, we just want to thank you and give you honor and praise. We so, so just love your presence. We could just sing of your glory. We could sing of your worth for hours here, God, because it just, we cannot, we cannot express enough just how much we love you and just how good you are. You know the needs of everyone in this place. And you love your church, Jesus. And we ask that you would just immerse us corporately in your love right now. And that anybody that is challenged or distressed, God, that you would just, with the presence of your glory, y'all, just with the presence of your glory that brings transformation, that you would just do that. And we yield ourselves completely to you, Holy Spirit, and what you want to communicate with this, your people. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. The call to my wife and I, uh, we would have prayer meetings at my church in Mason, Texas. I pastored cowboys, the real ones. And um, we would have prayer meetings every morning with the men. And after one of those prayer meetings, the Lord visited me and said, as I called Abraham to go out not knowing where, so I call you to go from this place. And so I went home. And told my wife we had four children, small children, and, uh, you know, a town of 2,100 people in a small town, a small church, uh, that means a small income, and a uh, simple little two-bedroom home. And uh, I told my wife that the Lord had visited me, and she said, well, I know. He visited me also. And said, as I called Sarah to go out following Abraham, not knowing where, so I call you to go from this place. And so we began to go. We never invited ourselves any place. We, we didn't ask anybody to support us. We, not that any of that is wrong. It just uh, was the bread that was sufficient for us. And we just began to live where God would give us revival. And we would see outbreaks of heaven that would last for weeks and weeks. 
two services a day, people being saved every day. And then we began to see it in the nations where we began to go uh, into Mexico, Ukraine. We saw outbreaks of heaven that just have continued. And now in that one ministry, there are 300 churches that have been born in throughout Latin America and the Ukrainians, I just can't keep up with them. They're exporting heaven all over Europe and beyond. Thank you, Lord. And, um, and so this has been a part of our journey, and we're still in this journey. And Providence brings us here to you this morning. And um, Luke chapter 3 John, the clear voice of God in his generation, under the mantle of the spirit of Elijah, he's out there in the wilderness just crying out. And he's a voice that's preparing the way. And that anointing is available right now to this generation. There are mantles that God has reserved for this generation. And the, the mantles are coming now. And whereas there have been mantles that have been laid, as it were, on the ground and people walking around them, stumbling over them, but no one picking them up, there's this generation that's rising now, and they're understanding that it's time to pick up the mantle and do something with it. And um, they're, they're, you're going to watch, you're going to see, you're going to see in the coming weeks and months, you're going to see things open up that you thought could never open up. We are seeing, uh, we are seeing nations that have been closed for centuries, now open like never before. I, uh, I saw Lou Engle in Texas last, last fall, and uh, his daughter Gloria was a part of our ministry in Cyprus, and, and we hosted Lou in, uh, in Geneva and had some good interaction. Anyway, he said, when, I, when he saw he said, Jeff, thank you for all you guys did with Gloria, and, but I don't know where she is. She's somewhere in the Himalayas. She's somewhere in Nepal. And she said, Dad, I didn't need a prophetic word. I didn't need someone to tell me what to do. I had a verse. Go into all the world. And now Nepal, which was the mountain kingdom, which missional strategists in my lifetime, when we go to events in Asia and other places, how to crack this nut. That nation is cracked and open, and tens and hundreds of thousands are coming to Nepal, coming to the Lord in Nepal. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And uh, so... Y'all, John was a voice of one crying in the wilderness. 
prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight. He preached a message of repentance. And they would come from all over Israel. And he began to speak of someone who was coming after him and whose shoe latchet he was not worthy to untie, that he would baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. The Greek word for baptize, baptizo, means to be immersed in. There's this immersion in Holy Spirit. There's this immersion in holy fire. There's this baptism into the body so that we know that we are an integral part into the body of Christ. Corinthians speaks about that. There's a baptism of suffering. There's a baptism even into death. There's this baptism that I speak of called the baptism of love. I don't really have a chapter and verse for it, but I like to preach it anyway. Hallelujah. I just want to be immersed in the love of God. I just want to be totally inundated in God's love. In Luke 3, verse 21, And when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily form like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Luke's account is different than the others. He sees Jesus standing there in those baptismal waters of Jordan, and he begins to pray. And something happened while he prayed. We know that that's what he's doing right now. He's not worshiping the Father. Why would he do that? He and the Father are one. According to Romans, he ever lives, in Hebrews, he ever lives to make intercession for us. He's praying for us right now. He's praying for his church. He's praying that our faith will not fail. He's praying that we'll pick up what he's made available for us and do something with it. Hallelujah. He's praying. He's interceding. He's pleading on behalf of another. He's our advocate in heaven. He calls us, each one, into this ministry also. Into this ministry of intercession. We see in Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, I will pour out upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem and those in, 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 in Judea 
the spirit of grace and the spirit of supplication. And then you follow that track and you see that there was this godly sorrow in families and they began to turn to God. In family units, whole families coming under the convicting power of the Spirit of God and then a fountain for uncleanness. All uncleanness was opened up. Zechariah 13.1 We know that this was a part of Jesus' regimen, daily regimen. Sometimes He would spend entire nights in prayer. If you study revival history, you will find at the backdrop of most every major revival movement, there was a prayer movement before it that preceded it. There were people that were eaten up with the zeal of God's house. They were consumed with the desire to see heavenly invasion. To see chariots and hillsides filled with the chariots of God again. To see God begin to shift atmospheres. That's what has happened in Nepal. That's what has happened in much of Africa. Latin America. We're seeing it now in Europe, in Western Europe. We spend sometimes two months of a year ministering throughout the regions of France. And we're seeing the French coming to Jesus. Coming to Jesus. Ooh la la. It's marvelous. Prayer. Heartfelt prayer. Jesus prayed and the heavens opened. In the Hebridean revival, heavens opened up and people became, came under a convicting presence and they began to make the fields their place of altar and worship. Not too far from here, in the mountains of Tennessee and Kentucky, and even here down in Cherokee, in those places, there were moves of the Spirit of God that had a backdrop of prayer, and tens of thousands of people would go down like hit by cannon fire, as a newspaper writer described. It was like people going down like they'd been hit by cannon fire, laying in the fields of Cane Ridge near Lexington and, and Red River by the thousands and thousands there are pockets that are breaking out again here in America. This is our hope, beloved. This kind of prayer that opens heavens. And as Jesus prayed, and the heavens opened, the Holy Spirit came. Welcome, Holy Spirit. And descended and rested upon him. We know Jesus was born by the Spirit. Mary, a simple, illiterate girl, simply with an angelic visitation. The angel said, you're going to carry the Son of God. 
That's what is in you is going to be called the Son of God. And she asked a simple question. How can these things be since I do not know a man? And Gabriel said, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. And the power of the Most High shall overshadow me. As we would say in Texas, I double dog dare you. <laughs> to say, Holy Spirit, overshadow me. Overshadow me. Fill me, Holy Spirit. We see that Jesus was baptized in Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 4, then he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days in the wilderness. Now, don't shout me down when we talk about the wilderness, okay? 40 days, Jesus was tempted in all the three areas that we are tempted in. Provision, protection, and promotion. Every single day there was this attempt of Satan to deceive and get him to stop. And Jesus overcame, aren't you glad? And through that, being led by the Spirit into a wilderness and overcoming there, then he came in the power of the Spirit into the Galilee. He was now empowered by the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will feel better about yourself. Is that what it says? And you shall become or be what? Witnesses? Where? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And you read the book of Acts and it follows exactly that pattern. First Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria with Philip. And then it just breaks out into regions and regions beyond. Beloved, this is our portion. God wants to empower us with his Holy Spirit. I know that many of us in this place have had experiences with Holy Spirit. But I'm telling you, God wants his church Walking in fresh oil. Walking in a fresh baptism. Walking in a fresh empowering of His Spirit. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And in that moment of empowerment, He goes into His own hometown. Verse 14 and 15, he went, and the news of him went throughout all the surrounding region, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came into Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up and read. And when he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, he found 
and opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And I just want to just stop here just for a moment. Jesus was finally honored. He had lived in obscurity for about 18 some odd years. He knew who he was. He understood that he could call legions of angels at any, sing- at any moment. But he did not want to operate in ministry in his own power. Hello? He waited, working hard in his father Joseph's business, carpentry business. Working hard and yet knowing even at age 12 that he had his father's business, another father's business to be about. And in this moment, he's honored in Nazareth, a village with such a bad reputation that when, that when Nathaniel heard that Jesus was from there, he said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? You think you come from a bad place or a bad background? Welcome to the club. Hallelujah. Jesus delights in using those kind of places and those kind of people to show his glory through. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And so now he's being honored. A man that had Isaiah described as a man rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. He has this moment of honor. And so he he turns. He could read anywhere he wanted from the law and the prophets. And he turns to Isaiah 61. And he begins to read these words. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted people. To proclaim liberty to captives. The recovery of sight to those that are bound. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's all he did. He he just read it. He didn't expound on it. He didn't try to give any kind of definition of any words. He just read it, closed the book, and all eyes were fixed on him. And then they said, wow, this man has such grace-filled words. This man, wow. And then they became, they started talking amongst themselves. Is this not Joseph's son? Are not his brothers, sisters? Are not they there here? And they began to become offended by him. And then offense led to criticism. And then criticism led to a murderous spirit. And Jesus passed through them, and left that place. It's not recorded that he ever went back. But those that received him, to them he gave power and privilege 
to become the sons of God. Before his departure from this earth, he began to prepare his disciples. He began to talk about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit, the, the comforter, the one, the Paracletos that would walk alongside, that he would convict, he would convince, he would reprove, that he would come and that he would help and lead them and guide them into truth. The Holy Spirit is not an it. It's a person. He's the spirit of glory. He's the spirit of burning. He's the spirit that yearns over us jealously. He, he can be grieved. He can be quenched. He can be received. He can be honored. And as Jesus began to speak there in John 14, 15, 16, you see him preparing. And then in John 20, he just breathed on his guys and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. And after his death, burial, and resurrection, he began to talk to them. He began to open their eyes, open their hearts, open his word. And then he said, go back into Jerusalem and wait and tarry there until you, are re you receive the fullness and the power of the Holy Spirit. And they waited and they tarried. Those 10 days of the 50 days between Passover and Shavuot, they prayed, they tarried, they waited. And then when the day of Pentecost was fully come, this is the the Jeff Collins paraphrase right now. Whoa! Here came Holy Spirit. Talk about a fire and light show. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I believe, and this is why I'm speaking this, I believe that in Spirit-filled churches right now here, there needs to be a fresh baptism for all of us. Amen. For all of us just to just let go, surrender, yield, give ourselves to Holy Spirit so that we can release a fresh movement of Holy Spirit in our generation. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you right now. We thank you so much for your love, your might, and your power. We thank you, Lord, for the missional call that is on your church. I thank you, Lord, for the empowerment that comes from your Holy Spirit to be witnesses. Thank you, Father, for this church, for Eastside Church. We thank you, God, for the witness of this church. And we pray that the fire that has been started in this place would continue to grow 
and continue, Lord, to be seen. And I pray even, Lord, that there would be people that will come into this area and come under the influence of what you are doing in this place. And we praise you for even the drawing power of the Holy Spirit to, to begin to draw them in. We pray, Psalm 85, will you not revive us again that glory may dwell in our land? We pray for revival glory to dwell in this region, God. That there will be seasons, God, of, of things happening that no one wants to miss because of what you're doing, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. I pray that you would strengthen every hand, every knee, God, that you would strengthen this church, God. Thank you right now for the release of the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation, for the release of Holy Spirit. Thank you. By reason of the anointing, the yoke of heaviness shall be broken. Thank you, Father, for the sons and daughters of this house being, becoming prophets, speaking the word of the Lord. We pray for miraculous things to happen and increase, God, the unexplainable wonders of heaven being seen and known. You said that an evil generation seeks a sign. We pray, Lord, for signs and wonders, God. It cannot be explained except this, this is the hand of God. This is the Lord. This is God revealing His glory. For every discouraged heart, God, that labored on not seen. We pray right now for a fresh infusion of faith and hope, God. We ask you, God, for America, this nation that we love, that you love. We ask that you would breathe upon us again, God. I pray for fire. Fire that will increase and not diminish. I pray for mantles, God. 
to be picked up. Thank you for the breaker anointing. Thank you for the breaker anointing. Thank you for the anointing of breakthrough, God. Let your glorious voice be heard in this land, God. The voice that opens the wilderness, God. I'm hearing the scripture, do thou the work of an evangelist. I, I pray for an, a release of evangelistic work like never before. We just stretch our hands up to the Father right now. We say yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord. right where you are just like Mary this is the God that is nothing is impossible for just say yes to everything he wants thanks for listening to the East Side Church podcast if you have any questions or need more information Visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.